Hello from Studio A in Texas, USA. It's the award-winning in-wheel time car show. On today's two-hour program, we talk about summer car care and your paint. Old paint. Later, we're going to try to talk to NHRA funny car driver Fast Jack Beckman about a new video series he's put together called Jack Beckman's Hot Rod History. Inside our new car showroom, Cadillac XT6 and the Buick Encore, we give you an in-depth review of each of those. We've got this week's automotive news and more just ahead on today's two-hour in-wheel-time car show for Saturday, August 15th, 2020. Howdy. Along with Mike out of this world, Mars, and King Conrad DeLong, I'm Don Armstrong. So glad that you could join us today. And as usual, we've had a last-second hiccup with our Zoom, and uh, we're trying to figure out what the problem is <laughs> because John Gray is... Uh, John is, Gray is with us, but we can't hear him. Yeah, and so there's an issue, and Mr. Mars is frantically... No, not frantically. Mr. Mars is going to try to work that out, but... Uh, I wanted to also give you a little preview of something that we're going to start promoting today, and that is a, a podcast series that is called Bring Back Bronco, The Untold Story. It's a new podcast, and we're going to talk about, well, the podcast is going to talk about the rise, the fall, and the rebirth of the Ford Bronco, and I got a chance to listen to it, and uh, at least the first episode of it, because it's a multi-episode uh, podcast, and it is excellently done, and I think that you're really, really going to enjoy it. Um, it's going to air on our podcast channels, and you'll be able to get to our podcast channels through our website, inwheeltime.com. You just click on whatever podcast channel that you prefer, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, iHeart Podcast, TuneIn, Google Podcast, and Podcast Addict, and there's a couple of others as well. And uh, I encourage you to be sure and check it out. After you listen to about five minutes of the first one, which uh, is going to go up on our podcast channels on Monday, August the 24th, so it's a week from Monday, uh, click on it, give yourself 30 minutes to listen to it, and you're going to go, wow, that was really good. It will draw you in. And the narrator is especially good. His name is uh, Sonari Glinton. He's a formerly uh, with uh, NPR, National Public Radio. Okay. And he, he, the, it's so well done. It's like listening to your next-door neighbor tell the story about the Ford Bronco. From the inception to the current generation. Yeah. And all of the – matter of fact, in, in episode one, they talk about Lee Iacocca, the famous Lee Iacocca, the, the Ford Mustang guy, mm -hmm. uh, and it went on to save Chrysler Corporation and how he was involved in all. It is absolutely well, fascinating. Well, that was back when he worked for Ford. Correct. Originally worked for Ford, and, but he went on to you know, and, save Chrysler. And introduced the Mustang, was involved in the introduction of the Mustang. Yep. And people, you know, I, I just learned this a couple of weeks ago, people need to realize that the Mustang and the Bronco were introduced about the same time, and the logos were both designed by the same person. Yes, they were, as a matter of fact. I thought that was pretty cool. Well, and the naming of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because it was not originally called the Bronco. But I don't want to get into all of that. I don't want to spill the beans on that. By the way, did you, did you uh, steal my spot rundown? I think that you did. Oh, I did, you? and I gave it to Mars. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, so at any rate, I wanted to uh, be sure and mention that, and we're going to talk about it uh, throughout the show today. Uh, we were going to talk to John Gray. 
And uh, John Gray is with uh, uh, Gulf, Gulf Coast, Coast Auto, Auto Shield, Shield. and uh, has been a good friend of the show since really the inception of the show. And uh, he taught everybody, including myself, how to wash a vehicle properly, properly. without scratching the heck out of it. And, uh, and how to care for it. Well, yeah, but I mean, back to the washing thing. You know, there's actual science to it. Psh, I didn't do any of that. Back in the day, I'd get the suds, and get the, some Dawn the, dishwashing detergent, and, the and broom, away you go. And the broom. Out. Oh, yeah, all that <laughs> stuff. Well, I don't do that anymore, well, thanks to John. Well, hopefully we have, uh, we'll get his sound potted up here in a second. We're not yeah. sure if it's you or Mars, but we're going to blame Mars for the moment. Yeah, well, let's blame him. <laughs> I don't want to be. I've been blamed for everything all my life, I, and rightly so. But let's not do that today yet. Okay? Yet, 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 yet. Yeah. So, John. John, yeah, can you no. hear us? Yeah, he can hear us. We can't hear him. Okay. Okay. We're still working on that. Then. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't. I don't quite. Uh, well, John was also kind enough to uh, uh, do the ceramic coating on the Rally 350 in time for Autorama. And, boy, I'll tell you, if, if you've not had your vehicle properly ceramic coated you, and you want to bring that shine back to it as well as a level of protection to the paint, it made that car look like it was just painted. Well, first of all, you know, let's start with the, the ceramic coating. It's not as if that it's some, you know, hard thing. It's liquid. It's, it's like a... Well, wax, for, for lack of a better term, but it's in a liquid form, and they put it on there. But after it goes through the whole paint correction right. routine, and with that comes all of the detailing. And, uh, you know, there was a, a lot of detailing that happened to your car mm -hmm. and a lot of paint correction work. So it it's like body work, so to speak. So when you have a crash and, you know, as they say, it's all prior to the paint that makes the paint look good. Correct. And correct. same thing with, with this. And then to put the coating on top of it, which brings the shine and the luster, but it also brings a level of protection to it. Because to be honest with you, I haven't had to do a real hard, heavy wash on that since. Um, I just kind of wash it lightly and wipe it down, and it still looks as good. Well, as you know, it's it been three years since he did that to the Corvette. My 2001 Corvette. and um, That hides underneath the cover most of the time. Yeah, yeah, which is really not all that great for it because it holds in moisture and uh, other stuff. It but holds uh, in mice and squirrels and chipmunks. Well, not chipmunks, but mice and squirrels. Yeah, not underneath the cover, but in the engine compartment mainly. And uh, that's what gnawed a hole through the... <laughs> through the vacuum line that controlled the air conditioning. And, uh, uh, yeah... So another good friend of yours helped me with getting that repaired, and what a nightmare that was. Well, ah. luckily we knew somebody who knew what they you were doing. You did? Yeah. Yeah. Great guy, too. So at any rate, um, to continue on with the paint correction thing and John Gray, you know, I was over there. I had had a, a boo-boo on the, he the headlight door on the Corvette on the right because uh, – branch of the tree that it sits under came down, hit it, and cracked it. And not just cracked it, but it actually pushed part of the, the, the plastic, because it is plastic, it's not fiberglass, pushed it down a little bit. So the surface was unmatched. Uneven. Yeah. And so I had to take it, the headlight door cover, out to my buddy out at Sweet Rides, who we had on last week. And uh, he fixed it and repainted it. 
And then I took it over to John, John and he put the ceramic, recoated it. Recoated it. And I, I had never watched him actually coat it with the ceramic coating. It's liquid. Whoosh, wipe it on there. Let it dry. Buff it off. It's on. It's done. Here but you it's, go. But it's, I think it's, you said just a few seconds ago, it's all about the prep work before you do that that's just as important as doing the, uh, the Well, the and I got coating. it back from Mark Rancourt. Needless to say, it was absolutely perfect in every way as far as the paint was concerned. It was beautiful. Matter of fact, I stood there. He says, yeah, well, I'm going to buff that one more time. So it was perfect when I took it over there to uh, Gulf Coast Auto Shield. And uh, it was really sweet to watch. He has a, a, a gal that works for him that actually applied the coating. Got it on there. It got hazy. Buffed it off. Done. Here you go. And uh, put it on there. Obviously matched perfectly. But I wanted to make sure that it had the right steps that the rest of the car had it. So it all matched when you put it back yeah. on. And you can't tell that I ever took it off, which is a miracle in itself because usually, you know, the door would be <laughs> sideways. Oh, yeah. You know, that, that's always my luck. And then did I tell you about the turn signal issue that no, I had? No, not, not again. Something else. So I got all this work done. The car was all shined up and everything, and I was going to take it out on that weekend. Because you got to test drive it before you go drive the pace so car thought, this weekend. Dang it. You know, I didn't really, you know, do what I wanted to do on that Sunday and, and take uh, – I'm going to turn you that off there, Mr. Mars. But uh, I wanted to take all of that and, you know, drive the car. Okay, so Monday I drove it to work. Okay? I get uh, to the intersection with the turn signal. It's Clearly. Going, it's going one, fast. Yeah, one of the bulbs was out. That's what going fast means. It's not pulling enough amperage to <coughs> put enough heat into the bimetal spring, so it goes. Yeah. Well, it was the left front turn signal. Oh, that's the fun one to get to. Yeah. That's not just in the front bumper. It's way up behind the front bumper. After you take down the access panel that has about 10 screws in it. 10. Laying on the ground in 105-degree mm -hmm. temperature yeah. out in the sun. And, of course, the bulb is stuck in the, the lens from underneath. So you got to – and I don't have a lift. I had it on a jack stand, so at least I could get up there and kind of see it, take the thing out. Well, it doesn't have enough cord on it for me to get two hands in there. <clears throat> so then I had to raise, you the, love engineers, raise the headlight door, take the bezel off of the headlights to be able to squeeze an arm in there to hold one end of the, the, the socket, and then the other one I could... Uh, Get the bulb in there. Somewhere James Bragg is <laughs> laughing at us because there's probably an easier way to do that. I'm sure there is. <laughs> well, of course, him, it would be, let's just go ahead and, and take the entire wheel well out of it because that's what he did. So. Well, it, it's, you know, those kind of things happen. It's like whenever you get to talking with John, you know, we went over there and did a remote over at his place. And, you know, he kind of showed us some of that stuff. And I'd really like to do that again sometime where he's actually doing some of that mm -hmm. work. It's real easy to sit there and say we're buffering and or he's got a buffer that he's using on it and then liquid. But it's a whole lot nicer and neater to see when he's actually doing it. Uh, he's going to give us a, a walk around the shop and stuff. But so can we hear him yet? Do we know? No. Can't. Okay. So it uh, looks like our interviews today have 
gone down the toilet because uh, well, I don't, I don't, I don't know. It's all plugged in on this end, and I just, uh, I have no clue what, what I've done, or what's happened. Well, I do know. I did move my audio console from, from here to over here. Well, that's here. just so you wouldn't turn your back to people when you were messing with the audio. Yeah. Well, look what we got. Nothing. Nothing. So, but you know. Well, but John's always got a great collection of cars over there. The uh, Gulf Coast Auto Shield has a pretty good relationship. Are you kidding me? A collection of cars. Hey, have you been in there lately? No, I haven't been Every in there. Every no, time that I have been in there, he's got cars in there that's like this. It is just jam-packed in, in there. But he does a lot of Teslas. So I'm, I, I think he's got some kind of a relationship with the Tesla community, because every time I've been in there, he's had two or three Teslas in there. There was a Tesla in there. The there was a Porsche in there. I think that there was a Lamborghini in there. Uh, a lot of high-end cars. And the, the business never stops. And he's always buried. Uh, but he manages to get the cars in and out of there. It, it's Carefully, it, because it's like a... It's, it's like a conga dance outside <laughs> as they're moving cars in and moving cars out and trying to keep the door closed so you don't let all the air conditioning out. Yeah, and that, that's the other thing, too. It is an air-conditioned shop, and lighting is perfect in there, needless to say. It's, uh, it, it's quite a dance inside there that, that all the time, and there's always something going on, lots of moving parts. And uh, I guess that's a testament to his ability to uh, make everything work the way that it's supposed to. Yeah. Well, and he's got a good crew, and I think that, uh, you know, a lot of the guys in his crew have been with him for some time as well. Yeah. And that says a lot about a business, whatever the business is. When your employees stay with you for a period of time, you're not only treating them right, you pay them correctly, and they don't go wandering off looking for greener pastures someplace, which in the car business is quite common. You know, for me, working for BG, you know, I get to know all of these people, and then as they move around from shop to shop, you know, I, I find them other places. Well, that happens in, in most businesses, but I think in the auto business, at any level of the auto business, that's actually quite common because everybody's always chasing that extra dollar somewhere with visions of greener pastures, but it doesn't always pan out true. So if your boss is treating you correctly and you make a fair income, um, you know, why not stay? And I think that's one of the things John does with his folks. Well, I have to tell you that <clears throat> the, the, there was a, a new female that was in there, <clears throat> young, well, young. It's, I guess it's all relative when you get to my age. But uh, a female that was in there, and she was the one that was handling the coating on that headlight door. And uh, so I had a chance to talk to her while she was doing it. And she came from a dealership, and she'd been there for several years and uh, worked in the body shop, which is unusual to see a female in there. And she was working, I don't remember, was some Porsche or something, uh, doing auto, uh, auto paint correction. And it, it was amazing. Very focused, but very professional. And she knew what she was doing. You know, you can kind of tell. And John, I don't think, has ever had anybody in there that doesn't know what is going on and how to do the job that he's got them doing. And I asked her, I said, so where did you come from? And she told me the dealership name. And, oh, yeah, I worked there for three or four years. And I got into the business this way and this way. And she worked her way up the ladder. And uh, she was very, very good, very professional, and knew what she was doing. Here you go. Take my car and make it well. 
You know more to, more about it than I do. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that, you know, growing up in, in my era, that would have never happened. Yeah, I couldn't imagine anybody going to Richardson Chevrolet and <laughs> handing their them your car, their there were car, no, there were and no say, here, fix this, because the first thing you do is you would buff pinstripes in it as you put that buffer wheel on and ripped all the paint off at all the high edges. I can't tell you. <laughs> I will admit to you, now that you're watching, because the Richardson family don't know me from Adam, if there are any of them still alive. But, uh, yes, I have no clue, and neither do they, how many hundreds, maybe even thousands of dollars that I cost them when I... Oh, they probably ran it through his warranty anyhow. It's just a warranty, warranty paint job. Oh, Don buffed another one here. Let's fix that under warranty. Yeah, because, you know, uh, back in the 60s and early 70s, there was always, on all the cars, a nice ridge right down the middle of the hood. You know why those ridges are there, right? To strengthen the hood. Strengthen the hood. It keeps it from wobbling in the, yeah. in the wind. <clears throat> well, and especially those cheap, white paint jobs that came from Chevrolet at the time. I mean, they were well, and less than paper thin. And paint back then is different than it is paint now. Now, paint back then was really maybe just a two or three process job. Today, it's like five or six processes to put the paint because it's not only the electric, uh, electrically, uh, plate, electric plating that they do, what's called ELPO, E-L-P-O, and then there's a sealer put on after that, and then there's a color coat, and then there's a clear coat. Uh, or multiple layers of color and multiple layers of clear. Back then, it was, you know, they dip the car and throw some paint on it, and it was done. Well, challenging, to say the least, for this moron that was uh, working in what was called back then new car make-ready. Do they still have that? Oh, yeah, yeah. Everybody's got make-ready. And through make-ready goes, you know, not only the new cars, but also the used cars. And then, you know, those special customers in the service department that uh, ask for a detail job or the service department wants to do something extra and you know, for them, and, and they throw it through. And let me just say this. Well. I, we never made ready used cars. I don't know. I guess that there was some guy over in the used car lot, and he was the guy that vacuumed them and washed them because we never saw any used cars. It was strictly new cars. Well, new cars, new cars that come in off the, uh, off the railhead and off the truck into the dealership, there's certain things that have to be added to the car. You know, you're going to throw mats in. You're going to throw well, we hubcaps on. You're yeah, we did all detail. that. You know, used to be they'd fill you up with gas. Now they kind of put a certain amount of gas. That was all part of Make Ready, and the, and the manufacturer pays the dealership a fixed amount of money for that Make Ready. But even a lot of places used cars, their used car operations go through the regular Make Ready department. Maybe not all of them, but, you know, back then uh, it might have been a different world. Right. Okay, so we're going to take a little break here, but before we uh, go to the break, uh, I wanted to remind you once again that uh, we're going to be hosting a podcast, and it's called Bring Back Bronco, and it's going to be on our podcast channels, and we're going to put it up there on Monday, August 24th, so a week from uh, this coming Monday, August the 24th, it's going to go up about 1 o'clock Central Time on all of the podcast channels. And if you're not familiar with our podcast channels, you can actually go to uh, our inrealtime.com website and access. We've got a link so you can uh, link all of the uh, 
the, the podcast channels through there. But this is a very special program. It's called Bring Back Bronco, the story of a truck and the story of a country. Ford Bronco, you know, one of the most beloved brands in American automotive history. But when the last Ford Bronco rolled off the assembly line in Wayne, Michigan on June 12th, 1996, it was the end of the brand and the start of a lot of questions. So the eight-part serial is a 50-year odyssey of blood, sweat, and dirt. It takes you from the dizzying heights of the post-war boom to the most watched police chase in American television history <laughs> and this year's rebirth of the Bronco. The host is Sonari Glinton. He is a great narrator. I've listened to the first episode, and I think that you're really going to enjoy it. So I invite you to be sure and tune in to one of our podcast channels on Monday, August the 24th at 1 o'clock Central. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, iHeart Podcasts, TuneIn, Google Podcast, and Podcast Addict, just to name a few. So we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back right after this. As America gets back on the road, a lot of things have changed but not the need for drivers to be safe. With that in mind, it's time to review our safe driving checklist. First, you're in your car. Check. You're sober. Check. You're wearing your seatbelt. Check. Your phone is put away. Check. Great. Make sure you follow the speed limit. And remember, law enforcement is enforcing traffic safety laws in our community to save lives. Paid for by NHTSA. Hey, welcome back to the In Wheel Time program here on all of our podcast channels and uh, also on, uh, on hey. InWheelTime.com. Pay no attention to the long-haired guy in the green <laughs> shirt. He's still working on uh, Zoom. Oh, my God. Well, the, yeah. man, the man behind the curtain. Our own Wizard of Oz, Odds, O-D-D-Z, Mike Mars. <laughs> Wizard of Odds. I think that's rather fitting. And he's not paying any attention. So No, he's trying to fix the audio feed from yeah. Zoom. Uh, but at any rate. Sending uh, a picture to David Ainsley. Yeah. So I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to help the try, anyway, as little as I know about this, uh, to help things out. Because Mar Mars was scheduled to do uh, this hour's uh, car review now. But in the meantime, I'm going to do my car review. And I had the 2020 Buick Encore. Here are the trim levels. It comes in 1SV. Where does General Motors come up with this stuff? 1SV, which is the base model. Mm -hmm. Then it goes to Preferred, the Sport Touring, and the Essence, which is the top of the line. And I had the Essence. It's a small SUV, or we'd like to call it a subcompact. It's tiny, yep. but uh, very popular, and it seats five passengers. Uh, exterior changes from last model year, first introduced in 2013 with minor updates. There's the interior. Let's let's pause and let's go back back to uh, the exterior features. It's small uh, with an attractive Buick grille, nicely sculpted sides, uh, faux skid plates front and rear, uh, which helps the sporty appearance, I think. Uh, it also has uh, some very nice wheel options. That one there is the top of the line. What I liked about it, the overall appearance. Cute. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And, they, and they sell, actually, they sell quite a few of them. Uh, you know, the, it's, a, it's a pretty popular vehicle, but it's also at a great price point. Uh, interior highlights. They include, uh, well, first of all, it has the same infotainment system as other Buicks. And I have to say that it is excellent. Uh, dash is nicely styled. 
Uh, second row has flip-down armrest with cup holders. Uh, cargo trunk room. It's small in the back. Uh, with a seat down, it allows for uh, the kids' sports gear. Mm-hmm. And I love the two-tone interior. I, I do, too. Well, obviously, that's the upscale interior there. But, you know, more and more manufacturers are going to this, this mm-hmm. style with contrasting uh, materials in there. Yeah, and it's really nice. Uh, love the fabric texture. Uh, Buick absolutely nailed that. Uh, what could use improvement? Um, well, nothing, really. It really is just a little dash of luxury. In that, in, in that segment. Yeah, it's... Um, it's not full luxury, but it's what they call near luxury. Mm-hmm. Okay, for but the that's engine. Buick, that's Buick's mantra. Right. So for the engine, it has a tiny 1.4 liter turbocharged inline four cylinder engine that turns out only 138 horsepower, 148 pound feet of torque through a six speed automatic transmission. But here's the real winner in this city mileage per gallon. It's rated at 30 in the city. 32 in the highway for a combined of 31. I got 30.9 miles per gallon over 394.6 miles. That's awesome. Yeah, I know. What I liked about it, the mileage and its maneuverability. Nine-speed automatic transmission. Did I say that? Mm-hmm. I think I earlier said six-speed. I think it's a nine-speed. Anyway, uh, I love the zippy maneuverability. It's great in parking lots. Here's the other good part about it. Uh, base trim price is 28500 as tested. 33465 now the base model price is only 232 so the competitors include the Hyundai, Hyundai Kona for $20,300 the Jeep Renegade for 22375 and the Mazda CX3 for 26 so it's right in the ballpark and and you get the the benefits of Buick because it with Buick you get a little higher level of warranty um it's, it's a little bit more upscale than the right. Chevrolet, but it's not quite at the Cadillac level. Does that make sense? Yeah, and that's Buick's positioning within General Motors. You know, years ago, there was Oldsmobile and Pontiac were in the mix, and with them gone, now it's Chevrolet is your entry, Buick is your mid, and Caddy's your top. Okay, we, coming up, we've got the events calendar. That's uh, just ahead here. I want to make sure that I, I've d- done all the right things over here, and uh, clearly... I haven't. Ainsley so will tell us. I, I'm, yeah, he needs to be here, but uh, apparently he's not. He's not. Thank, thanks, Dave. Yeah, way to go, Dave. Mm. We're going to blame it on you. Um, so, a reminder, the In Wheel Time Car Show streams on Facebook, YouTube, and InWheelTime.com. Podcasts available, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, uh, Spotify, iHeart Podcasts, TuneIn, Google Podcast, and Podcast Addict. Events calendar and more next on the In Wheel Time Car Show right after this quick break. <laughs> 